Welcome to this reading of the Poem of the Man-God, the private revelation of the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. Now out of print, this five-volume set of books is a narration of the life of Jesus, which extends from the birth and childhood of the Virgin Mary through the public ministry of Jesus, his passion and resurrection, and closes with the Assumption into Heaven. The narration is interspersed with direct dictations from Jesus for the sake of the whole world. These highly inspired visions were recorded by Maria Valtorta around the time of World War II, yet she did not consider herself the author. They were first published without her name shortly before her death, and only posthumously was her name added. My sole aim with this podcast is to share this lost treasure with the world. I hope you will enjoy them as much as I have. And if you do, please share them. Thank you for listening. Poem of the Man God, Book 1, Number 107. Jesus in the House of Johanna of Chusa with his mother. I see Jesus going towards the house of Johanna of Chusa. When the doorkeeper's servant sees who is arriving, he utters such a cry of joy that the entire household is astir. Jesus enters, smiling and giving his blessing. Johanna rushes from the garden, full of flowers, to throw herself at Jesus' feet and kiss them. Also Chusa comes, and he first bows down deeply and then kisses the hem of Jesus' tunic. Chusa is a handsome man about forty years old. He is not very tall, but well-built, His hair is dark, with only a tinge of silver-gray at his temples. His eyes are lively and dark, his complexion pale, and his dark, square-cut beard is well cared for. Johanna is taller than her husband. The only trace of her recent illness is her remarkable slenderness, which, however, is less gaunt than before. She looks like a thin, supple palm tree, crowned with her beautiful head, with deep, black, most sweet eyes. She has a thick shock of raven-black hair, charmingly arranged. Her smooth, large forehead looks even whiter under such genuine blackness, and her well-shaped little mouth stands out with its healthy red lips between soft, pale cheeks, which are like petals of scarlet camellias. She is a beautiful woman the one who gives the purse to Longinus and Calvary. Then she was weeping, distressed, and completely covered by her veil. Now she is smiling and bareheaded, but it is she. To what do I owe the joy of having you as my guest? asks Chusa. To my need of stopping to await my mother. I am coming from Nazareth, and I have to make my mother come with me for some time. I will go to Capernaum with her. Why not here with me? I am not worthy, but, says Johanna, you are well worthy, but my mother is with her sister-in-law, whose husband died a few days ago. The house is large enough to receive more than one guest, and you have given me such joy that no part of it is precluded from you. Give your orders, Lord, since you turned away death from this abode, and you have given it back its gracefully blooming rose, says Chusa supporting his wife, of whom he must be very fond. I understand that from the way he looks at her. I do not give orders. I accept. My mother is tired and has suffered much recently. She is worried about me, and I wish to show her that there are people who love me. 
Well, bring her here then. I will love her as a daughter and a maid, exclaims Johanna. Jesus consents. Jusa goes out to give the necessary orders at once, and while the vision splits into two, leaving Jesus in the wonderful garden, intent on speaking to Chusa and his wife, I follow and see the arrival of the comfortable speedy wagon in which Jonathan has gone to Nazareth to bring Mary. The town, of course, is in some confusion over the matter, and when Mary and her sister-in-law, revered as two queens by Jonathan, climb into the wagon after giving the key of the house to Alpheus of Sarah, the fuss increases. The wagon leaves while Alpheus takes his revenge over the rough handling of Jesus in the synagogue by saying, Samaritans are better than we are. You have seen how a man of Herod reveres his mother, whilst we, I am ashamed of being a Nazarene. There is uproar between the two parties. Some desert from the opposition party and come towards Alpheus and are profuse in their excuses. Of course, answers Alpheus, guests in the house of the procurator. You have heard what his steward said. My master begs you to honor his house. He is honored, see, and he is the rich and powerful Chusa, and his wife is a royal princess, and he is honored. And we, that is you, have thrown stones at him. Shame. The Nazarenes do not reply, and Alpheus presses with greater vigor. Of course, to have him is to have everything, and no support of man is required. But do you think it is useless to have Chusa as a friend? Is it of good omen to be despised by him? Do you realize that he is the procurator of the Tetrarch? That is nothing, is it? Play the Samaritans with Christ. You will draw upon yourselves the hatred of the mighty ones, and then I will be glad to see you, without help from heaven or from earth, fools, wicked misbelievers. The storm of insults and rebukes goes on, while the Nazarenes go away dejected like beaten dogs. Alpheus is alone at the door of Mary's house like an avenging archangel. It is late evening when on the road alongside the lake, Jonathan's wagon arrives to the trot of strong horses. Chusa's servants, who were already on sentry duty at the door, give the signal and they rush with lamps, thus adding to the mood light. Johanna and Chusa rush there. Also Jesus appears, smiling, with the group of the apostles behind him. When Mary comes off, Johanna prostrates herself on the ground and salutes. Praise to the flower of the royal family. Praise and blessing to the mother of the word, Savior. And Chusa bows down so low that he could not bow any lower, and not even before Herod. And he says, Blessed be this hour that brings you to me. Blessed are you, mother of Jesus. Mary replies kindly and humbly, Blessed be our Savior, and blessed be the good people who love my son. They all enter the house, received with deep effusion of respect. Johanna is holding Mary's hand and smiles at her, saying, You will allow me to serve you, will you not? Not me, but him. Always serve and love him, and you will have given me everything. The world does not love him. It is my grief. I know. Why this dislike from one part of the world, whereas others would give their lives for him? Because he is the sign of contradiction for many. Because he is the fire that purifies metal. Gold is purified. The scum falls to the bottom and is thrown away. I was told since he was a little child, and day by day the prophecy is fulfilled. Do not cry, mother. We will love and defend him. 
comforts Johanna. But Mary continues her silent weeping, which only Johanna can see in the semi-dark corner where they are sitting. And it all ends.